0: I'm Danielle Royston, and this is Telco in 20. I'm fresh off my trip to Barcelona, where, you probably know by now, I took the stage at MWC 22 to beat the drum about the public cloud. I worked my ass off to prepare for that talk, and it was awesome. In case you missed it, you can watch the video on my website at telcodr.com or listen to it on our podcast. But that's not the only talk I gave in Barcelona. I also had a chance to chat with Klaus Werner, Business Development Manager at AWS Startups in their space at MWC. Startups are so powerful because of the ability for a small group of people to focus on a single goal and take on the world. I mean, who doesn't love an underdog story? Our conversation was part of MWC's Four Years From Now exhibition, which is basically all of Hall 6 and devoted 100% to up-and-coming startups. The AWS space for my talk was packed, standing room only. But I should disclose that there was also an open bar, so maybe that's why everyone was hanging out. But seriously, Klaus and I had a great conversation, covering everything from how I saw the opportunity for the public cloud in telco to taking over Ericsson's booth at MWC21 and turning it into the amazing Cloud City, to why this is a super exciting time for telco startups that are betting the future of their company on the public cloud and building their products on AWS. It's time to grab a beer, settle in, and listen to my conversation with Klaus on startups, the public cloud, and MWC22. So, let's take 20.
1: With me today, I have Danielle Royston, she's the founder and CEO of TelcoDia. The theme of the talk is uh, taking calculated risk. Ca- and taking a calculated risk is really uh, an, an Amazon uh, principle um, that, that we, we, we stand by, we live by. But here today, you're going to hear, hear from a, a founder yeah. who has actually done it in real life and not like a corporate slave like me.
0: They do it all well, the time, yeah.
1: I would like to dive right into it then. Sure, let's do it. I want to start with your uh, personal background. And how you ended up in Telco. (laughs) Because when I uh, researched you and what I know of you, um, you started a completely different place. Yeah. And then the journey from there to here you, you, you also had a very diverse uh, uh, background, uh, 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 professional yeah. background, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Could, yeah. You, could you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, so um, one of the things that I always sign off on my podcast is later Nerds. And so I am a nerd at heart. I have a computer science degree from Stanford University, probably one of the best degrees you could have. Um, always loved coding, programming, and so that's how I got my start. Um, I've always been in enterprise software. So I've always focused in software for businesses, which is super boring, Um, but I've always had a really, really great time with it. Um, And so uh, I've done almost every job, Uh, coding, consulting, selling. I mean, I was an engineer. I did not want to sell at all. Thought it was like evil, bad. Um, I did HR, which is totally crazy. I learned how to recruit. I learned how to fire people. I learned how to promote, manage their performance. That's super important. And then about 12 years ago, I became a turnaround CEO. So I went into really, really bad situations. Bankruptcy, um, companies failing in some way, can't find funding. But um, what was interesting about all these companies is that they had a product that they were able to sell. They had customers and they had revenue. And so a lot of times it's just sort of like looking at the profit um, and loss sheets, and it's just a little bit of a math equation of why this isn't working, and that's how I ended up in telco. I went into a pretty much bankrupt company, Redney. Uh, a lot of people called it Deadney. Okay. <laughs> it was like the joke. I was like, what's the name of the company? Um, and so I went to this company that was on the verge of bankruptcy and it was in Telco, and I realized that no one was using the public cloud, and I thought that was a really big idea, and so that's how I kind of ended up here today.
1: Okay. Yeah. And um, if we then take uh, the journey um, from, from, uh, from Telco DR, right, from the beginning, uh, could, you, could you walk us through that? Um, where, you, where you started out, how you started out, and, and how you... Uh, With Telco
0: DR. Telco DR, yes. Yeah, so um, so I go to this company, uh, Redney, and I realize that no one's using the public cloud. Almost every other industry is using the public cloud. Governments, banking, right? Typically legal, just super slow industries. Telco's not using it. And I started asking the people in the company, will anyone start to use the public cloud in Telco? And they're all like, no, you're crazy. Um, And so I start talking to telco execs. I go traveling around the world, go to India, I go to Japan, I go to Africa, and everyone's like, yeah, we would totally love to use the public cloud. And I'm like, okay, this is a really big idea. It's been a really big idea in every other industry. It's going to be a big idea in this industry. So I pivoted that company for the public cloud, which resulted in a hostile takeover of the business. Um, The investors started fighting. And it was really, I mean, when you're in this, I mean, basically we were a 20 year old startup, yeah. right? This company was 20 years old. It had gone through its startup phase. A lot of times with products, they kind of go into the backside of product adoption or, you know, whatever. And we were kind of on the backside. And so we were kind of into this like next phase of pivoting. And so it was really more like a startup than an old company. And the investors were fighting and I'm like, you're, you're slowing down all of our progress. You're confusing the customers, people don't know what's going to happen. So I end up quitting, um, and I start Telco DR about about a little more than 18 months ago. And basically the idea was to continue my work around the public cloud in Telco. But one thing I realized, and I call myself the public cloud evangelist in Telco, um, no one was talking about it, and I needed to, I mean AWS wasn't really talking about it, Google wasn't talking about it, Azure, and I'm like, we need to educate the Telco executives on how it works, that it's not a scary thing, you know, and they're really, I mean, they were afraid, the, the hyperscale. they still are in some cases, afraid that the hyperscalers will steal their data, and so I'm like, we got to evangelize this, we got to educate, so I was like, I guess that's me, I guess I'm going to do it, all right, so we like launched the podcast, the newsletter, I started, I was like, we're going to make it rain DR, right? Everyone knows me, Danielle Royce, those are my initials, DR. And so I was like, I'm going to write articles, I'm going to write blogs, I'm going to post on Twitter, I'm going to post on LinkedIn. And I mean, all I did for a year was make it rain DR. I'm like, I would, like, you Google public cloud and telco, it's like 20 links of me. I'm not even kidding, like right now, if you guys Google it, it's like DR. And so it's just to continue the work, right? It's to do all this
1: stuff. And that's where I, I, I need to tell the audience a story because I was here with the with the startup AWS startup team last year uh, at Mobile World Congress. It was m- the midst of pandemic. Uh, it was uh, it was a little bit different uh, size. I, I, I don't think I offend anyone when I say that yeah, uh, yeah. in the Mobile World Congress. Yeah. And then out of the blue, I see. In the clouds, something (laughs) called Cloud City, and uh, I I, I see I see your your company for the first time, and I see your messaging, your evangelizing, the way your take on it, right? Yeah. So can you explain uh, and tell the story about how? uh, Yeah. At that point, it was not even 18 months old. The the uh, uh, telco DR. Yeah. Well. How do you end up? in the Mobile World Congress yeah. in one of the largest spaces, mm-hmm. we're talking Ericsson size. It Huawei was Ericsson. Si- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to say size. Huawei, yeah. side, Huawei yeah. size, Ericsson size. Like yeah. we're talking that magnitude, right? Yeah. And compare compared to our little booth here, you, you you know how big that is.
0: Well right? it was six thousand square meters, yeah. sixty five thousand square feet. Um, it was Ginormous. yeah I mean it was huge so um, it was actually March 9th I remember the day exactly um, I had just participated in a pan- I was making it rain DR that day and so I was in- on a panel and I had done a talk and I was tired and I was eating my lunch and I was scrolling I was it was I'm a big Twitter person love Twitter so I'm on Twitter kind of catching up and I see that Ericsson has bailed on MWC 21 So for those of you who don't know the story, MWC normally held the last uh, week of February, had been moved to June. Um, They bail in March. So there's less than 100 days before MWC. And what had happened in 20 was they were the first people to bail, and then Nokia bailed, and then, I mean just like one by one, and it just decimated the show and it got canceled. And I was like, we were planning to go, but only in a, I think a 415 square meter booth, my friends are here and so, which is like 5,000 square feet, and um, I was with a friend at lunch, and I was like, Ericsson's bailed. Everyone's going to bail. And I'm like, this is a huge opportunity, because we could probably maybe get a good negotiated price, take it over, right, be really loud. Um, How often could you take over the world's biggest telco uh, event, MWC Barcelona, not, not LA, not Shanghai, not what, like Barcelona, typically in a normal year, I think it would cost you hundred million dollars to take it over. It would be a lot less in a pandemic. And so this is our chance to land on the map and get public cloud noticed. And so my friend was like, how are you going to fill it? And I'm like, I have no idea. I have a hundred days to figure out what we're going to do. I'm like, we could put a t- I'm a big tennis player. I'm like, we could build a tennis court. We can build a tennis court, maybe two. What are we going to do? And so, we just, it's very much like a startup. One foot in front of the other, you have a thousand things to do. How are we going to get this big idea across the line? And for the people who came to MWC 21, it really was like this amazing space.
1: Yeah, it was the place to be.
0: It was peaceful, it was educational, it was a place, we had this whole idea of like the space to learn and then, you know, outside gave you an ideal of of being outside and then on the inside was a place to like shop and work and so it was like an Apple store, right? It looked like an Apple store, I mean, the people that were here that built it, I mean, we all just, like I go over to the Erickson space and I'm just like, it's like a little knife in my heart, I'm like, oh! Because Cloud City was just amazing, it was. so yeah, it was it was totally worth it. It was not a hundred million dollars; it was it was tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. We spent a lot of money on it, but um, we got eight hundred mentions in press articles. Even with MWC 22, we got mentions still of like, well, Cloud City. And I think I think we really did change the industry. Because yeah. when I walk around at MWC 22, I see banners with cloud. I see people on their booths about cloud, you see announcements about what they're doing with cloud, we've changed it, we've rocked the industry, right? not just because I had Bon Jovi either, but we totally rocked the industry, it was amazing.
1: Bon Jovi was actually there, that's not just a byline here.
0: It was awesome, well, I mean, it was like the first concert he had done in 18 months, so he was super pumped to do it, and I just, I mean, short of lighters, right, like people had their phones up, I mean, it was amazing, it was so great, yeah.
1: if we take this thought process, like um, how, what what in you enables you to take a calculated risk like that? <laughs> um, because you already took a risk by becoming a founder, starting a yeah, startup. Yeah. That's the biggest risk most founders will take. But to then do that once more and that big, how, how did you well, I, motivate yourself to?
0: I'm 51, so I'm not exactly a spring chicken. Um, and so I think anyone that's doing a startup you have to be a little bit crazy you have to like turn off the voice in your head that says it's not going to work and it's not going to make it and you just have to say how can I solve the very next problem in front of me and this was just an opportunity I mean if we if we didn't do it at all no one would notice at all but if we did it and we executed we'd be on the map forever forever and I think um, it was totally worth it, and yeah. so I think you just got to go for it and in the middle, I was crying, I was crying a lot. a lot of people were crying, not just me. we were just like, what are we doing? We're so stupid. <laughs> we should not have done this but um, but when we saw the result, we were yeah. like that was I mean the best thing we could have done. It was amazing.
1: And uh, am I correct to say that you actually moved it? Uh, Cloud City, it still lives today but more virtual?
0: It does. And so, you know, we looked at MWC22 and Omicron is kind of starting to take off. For Cloud City, we were just here seven months ago. Yeah. So I was like, it was and it's still millions of dollars. It's one of the reasons why four years from now really works because the space at, at GSMA at MWC is so expensive. And so it's really hard for small companies to have anything sizable. And so um, we're like, we were just here. We don't need to do it again. So we did it virtual. And a lot of the people that were in the booth last year have returned, which is really great. But I was trying to kind of continue to build my cloud army. And we passed out these little pins. They're all on the chairs here. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give. You're already part of the cloud army, but I'll make you part of the Telco Thank DR. You so there's much. there's a little note on the back. You can like flip it over, and you can see my little secret message. But. Um, yeah, I'm trying this is a movement, and I think, and I think we're going to pivot the interview into, into this in a second, which is we've never had a technology enabling technology as powerful as, as the public cloud to help startups kind of ride that wave. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of startups in the world and I hope in telco that are starting to bet on this technology and I'm trying to, I'm like guys, we should like group together, we should work together, we should help each other out to make it because making it in telco is not like normal Silicon Valley work. I mean, the price points are much higher the deals take longer to close. You have to have a lot more funding that us, a lot longer. And so, the public cloud is an investment by AWS or Microsoft or Google that you can leverage for your startup. And exactly. I think that is a really, really big idea.
1: So let's continue a little bit in that path because we have a lot of early stage startups. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of potential founders in this crowd also. Um, if you had to start now, knowing what you know, uh, you are a potential founder. You, you, you're looking for that one idea that can get you started um, in telco. Yeah. Which areas would you look at? You don't have to get all specific, but which yeah. areas do you feel like there's room for solutions uh, challenges? Any? To, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Any area. Yeah. So I think that this industry is ripe for disruption around software eating hardware, and we're seeing it with OpenRAN. Um, Open RAN is a big software play, a disaggregation of the hardware and the software, and I think that's, there's tons you can do there. I think um, in the more typical BSS sort of side of the world, the software sucks. I mean, it's like software from the 90s. I mean, I'm old enough to have lived to see really, really crappy software, and our telcos, that's what they deal with. And so when when our, the cu- subscribers and the customers go on the phone and they're like, they have to talk to someone to get anything fixed. Whereas the rest of the industries, you can do it on the mobile phone, you can do it by yourself, you know, it's all self served. telco got to hold on the phone for 20 minutes and then you have to explain to the person for the hundredth time my problem, right? What ends up happening is my mom calls me for tech support with yeah. her you know, with Same her, with right? Cause it, she doesn't want to deal, she doesn't understand what they're saying. And so there's tons of opportunity here. I mean, like literally go in any direction and you can improve it. And I think you got to bring this like Silicon Valley and out of this industry sort of mindset. And that's so hard because the telcos are like, well, that's not how we do it. And you got to install it in my data center and you got to make it work with my, you know, whatever Amdoc system. But I think if you look forward, Right? If you think about how long it takes to change this industry, which is 5 years and 10 years, and you bet on that future, and you build your stuff for that, and you have enough funding, and you have enough patience, and you have enough time, and you have to really cultivate that experience. You can't just one million, two million dollars. I mean, you need probably tens of millions of dollars. Exactly. But if you can get that, that funding and, and convince your investors to give you the time, and you focus not on the short term, but on the long term, I think you can be really, really successful in this industry, and I think it's, it's ripe for disruption. And I'm kind of like, I hope no one figures this out, because I have so much work to do. I want to do it all, and I want to create the community that's, that's changing this industry because, I mean, us as subscribers and consumers deserve a better
1: experience. Exactly. Yeah. So, our team, AWS for Startups, yeah, we, we, we work with startups, we help startups. How do you see our role in this? What, what, should, what should we do to, to help the startups on this journey?
0: Well, I think AWS, well, all the cloud vendors, but especially AWS, number one, just as a business, you guys are investing so much in innovation. I think that something that makes AWS distinctive from the other guys is that you get ideas to market very quickly. And sometimes they're not like fully ready. They're not like all the features and perfect documentation, they're maybe, maybe a, a little
1: preview or, yeah, But yeah. you
0: know it gives people a taste. And I think a mistake that sometimes uh, founders make and startups make is they look at the technology at where it is at this moment. And they're like, oh, that database isn't ready for me. Or that, I can't bet on AWS's version of whatever, because it's just not right yet. And then they go off and build it themselves. And what you got to understand is, that's going to take time and money. And which one will happen faster? Well, AWS's innovation get to where you need it to be before you will get there, right? And it's just like a graph. And you're like, well, AWS isn't ready right now, but it will be, and so I can save those, I can save that time, go focus on the other algorithm or whatever part of your idea is, and by the time you're ready to go to the market, AWS will be there. And so, that's what I'm doing. I'm betting on you guys putting, I mean, there's not data centers in every single country, but I think over 10 years there will be data centers in. A, almost everywhere where I need them to be. And so I'll run into telcos and they're like, oh, data privacy, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's no data center here. And I'm like, just wait, just wait. Either the regulation will change or the data center will be there or there'll be a data center in a country that you can use. And so we're not going to make a decision and pivot to another cloud or like make it work on premise. We're just going to wait for the world to change because the world will change. And so AWS, what you can do is keep pumping out tons of great innovation. I mean, you guys are, put, I don't know exactly your CapEx per year. You guys don't report AWS don't versus retail, but I mean, we're talking, it, it's more than the telcos do, right? I mean, collectively the hyperscalers are putting in 80 to hundred billion dollars per year that the, star, the startups get to just sit on top of your innovation. And that's what I mean. I mean, there's never been a technology as enabling as the public cloud, and why I like AWS, and not just because I'm in the booth, right? I am betting my company on you guys, right? And all of yeah. my stuff is because you guys innovate more quickly, you get stuff out there. We can try it and play with it, we can see your roadmap, and we're just betting on you guys continuing doing what you're doing.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, Danielle. Awesome. Um, for everyone in the crowd who has a question for Danielle, let us take our mics off. Let us get a drink in our hand. Oh, and, socializing. Uh, we'll try <laughs> to keep Danielle here as long as we can. Awesome. Uh, but uh, but I, you're, I know you have a bit busy schedule. Also. Yeah, yeah. But let's give a round of applause for Danielle. And for uh, Telekudia. Thank you so much. And her team. Thank you. That was fun. And thank you so much. It was
0: super fun. Thank you.